So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United football. Hope everybody has slowly recovered from that ass whooping. Uh, Carmen, you mean Carmen's surgery? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Carmen. Yeah, we we uh, haven't Carmen talked got to her since, ass kicked by the surgeon yes. since the surgery. How did that go? Uh, it was okay, less painful than uh, that loss we took. But um, I did check with the doctor. I did actually have surgery. I was a little concerned for a little bit. Okay. All right. But uh, don't worry. No pain meds so I can drink wine. It's nice. Good. I'm ready to go. Way to take it for yeah. the team. That's right. I like it. <laughs> and Roy Kent, how are we doing? Good? Yeah. Roy <laughs> Kent. Roy. You say I do it, coach. I do it, coach. Oh, yeah, both going at the same time. <laughs> Yes. So Roy F and Kent, people. you've brought us a red wine, Dave. Yep. What are we? Uh, what are we having? I feel like we've had this one before. Yeah, I think I brought it once. It's Alexander Valley Vineyards from, surprisingly enough, Alexander Valley, <laughs> California Sonoma. It's a Cabernet yeah. with it says hints of uh, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Malbec, and Perdue Verdot. You know, because yeah, it's, just... it's in honor of this year's wine that we're making, which has our Norton and hints of Merlot and Cabernet. Yeah, it's got, oh, I, I, I feel exciting. there's a little bit of a berry type of aftertaste to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but yeah, it's I mean, it's called delicious. It's called delicious. <laughs> it's kind of got a nice buttery aftertaste there. I like it. Yeah. Wait, All right, when good. should we be expecting your wine? What, what's, when, our wine, uh, the next vintage is going in the bottles probably next two weeks or so. All it's right. been aging in the barrel for six months. Yeah. Um, typically, we don't usually open it, though, until the holidays. Okay. So it'll be another six months. But uh, vintage two is ready for drinking now. Okay. Yeah. We need a test bottle or two. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we're not uh, not feeling great after... You know, why, Mikey Dobbs? Why? A six to one <laughs> loss on the road to Columbus Crew. Um, we knew we were going to have three of our key starters out, including Miles Almada and George Akamakis. Um, yet we went in in a very naive fashion on the road with the same formation that we always play. Um, no change to the four three three, um, and just kind of plugged in. I have to say we called the formation. You right? nailed the nailed the formation. Like we actually went back and listened to exactly what you th- what you thought Pineda would start, and right. you were spot on with what you thought. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent of what you thought Pineda would okay. get as a starting position lineup. for position. So that was Guzan and goal, uh, Lennon right back, Gutman uh, left back, Parata, and then the young uh, Noah Cobb. Noah Cobb is the replacement for Miles Robinson. 
since we didn't have Abram, who was also on international duty. Our, right, our poor backup. guy. Could have um, had a shot. <laughs> and yet, no, called in for Peru. And then happily, we had Sosa uh, starting in front, which we liked, but um, also Ibarra and Marcetic. Uh, not totally pleased with that, but I mean, we had, kind of had to play that hand, uh, mm-hmm. given given uh, the, the players we had to choose from. And then Wiley out on the left, Araujo on the right, and... Miguel Barry up front. Yep. Um, so we kind of knew we were going to be struggling with Miguel Barry up there to create anything. Uh, we saw very much uh, the the mandate to press because Miguel Barry is up there running, trying to close down the keeper and and have everybody else follow suit. So that was clearly the mandate from Pineda in terms of a pressing tactic. You know how I say that you can only press if you got it marked up in the back. There's another time when you can't press when you never get the ball in their end. (laughs) You can't press unless you're up the field. Uh, We can't get the ball basically out of our end. Right now I will say out of the nothingness that Barry did, he was making, you know, good pressing runs uh, to force a bad keeper because the Columbus keeper was not good with his feet. Anyway, it was the backup. Or the backup clear, yeah. clear, clearly wasn't great with his feet. Starting so, goalkeeper was on international duty too. Barry was able to put enough pressure to make him make some fast decisions that we almost nipped in that first half mm-hmm. uh, because the people behind were were pressing first as well. Fifteen minutes or so. First fifteen minutes. <laughs> that, that is exactly right. The first fifteen minutes or so. I, I did observe though that there was uh, there were some chances. We kind of came close to. Uh, getting getting the ball that was being played out of the back. Yeah, the press was kind of terrific in the first yeah. 15 minutes. Um, I, I thought, you know, you could kind of see what we've been talking about all, all along when when you have Sosa and Ibarra and you can really have it yeah. marked up, you can press. And we were winning a, a number of yeah. balls the few times we had it up the field. Yeah, but yeah, I think Ibarra and Sosa were able to press up as well and we we came really close a couple of times to intercepting and off to the races but yeah uh yeah that was the first 15 minutes and- we did intercept it a couple of times one time Gutman intercepted it and he played an absolutely beautiful ball into uh Barry and <laughs> <laughs> that's all I gotta say it's just he basically just lost the ball I'm like uh Miguel Barry does not seem to be much. I wrote 21st minute. Goodman with another great step. Plays to Barry. Uh, just terribly slow to make a decision and loses it. Oh. oh. Barry be Barry. Barry's going to be oh. Barry. I do want to take a pause and thank our sponsor. Ooh, there it is. Wild Heaven Brewery. We there's a that. positive. Yeah, there's yes. a positive. Drink more That's beer. just every five minutes in the podcast. We'll just say Wild we Heaven Brewery. That. Wild Heaven Brewery. Because that will make us cheerful for talking about this <laughs> horrific. This, this is, is going to be a difficult podcast. Um, yep. So, all right. We we didn't look that bad the first fifteen minutes. Is that the yep. the positive on what we have to say Maybe about this game? Maybe even twenty. Maybe even twenty. Okay, okay. somewhere in there. Yeah. I don't um, know how long? Is but that? we did get <laughs> wasn't much. We did get that. scored on right in the fourteenth minute. Uh, yes, I believe that is correct. And I did feel, and for whatever reason, we had um, Lennon and Gutman 
inverted in that situation. I don't know if like the play dictated that where they just accidentally were supporting each other's roles. Like yeah. And I couldn't figure out how that, so, so one thing that's interesting is, you know, I've said that um, statistics say that in swinging corners offensively are, I don't know, something like 10% more effective than out swinging mm -hmm. corners. And I, so I've always said, you know, when we have corners, you know, Lennon should go over to the left side to take it as an in-swinger, right? Yeah. And then Wiley or Araujo can take it on the other side as an in-swinger. Right. And actually, to Pernita's credit, he's I saw Lennon go and do that a, a couple of times. But I don't think that's why – so in those plays – then Lennon went back initially to left back yeah. and Gutman was on right back and that's fine. And then they switched eventually. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch any replay to prepare for this podcast. <laughs> so I didn't go back. I don't think the, that's what happened because we were defending our own like set yeah. piece or something. It was like a corner against us. That's how it, you know, initially started or something, but so it was straight. It was, anyway, it was strange that he was playing left back Lennon that is, uh, yes, the, they were definitely switched. The ball came out wide in, in some manner. I do remember feeling like we, because we, we had to step through it. We have, thanks to our friends at Dirty South Soccer, we have the oh, actual pictures. Sure, yeah, we can do that. So we can step through it. So if we go to the first picture, we have the ball um, in our own left back, right by our own end line, and it was played back to Brad Gazan, Right, who immediately was under a lot of pressure from Columbus. Okay. So in this first clip, he's just received the ball back and he doesn't really have a lot of options. So they were pointing out that, you know, this was bad, you know, because he should have had some options. But nevertheless, that happens, you know, the yeah. good press, whatever. And he was forced to clear it. And he didn't, you know, going back to our moments of um, Brad Guzan, maybe not being 100% back or maybe yeah. being a little old. He didn't clear it that far. So if you go to the second um, picture, you'll see that he kicks it well short of midfield, right? So it drops, you know, the Columbus guy is winning it right there and about 10 yeah. yards into our own half. Yeah. That's like one of those situations. If he shanks it out of bounds, it's almost better than to yeah. play it kind of right up the middle and have it be intercepted like it was. Yeah. Yeah. So there, this guy is able to get his foot up. It looks like and play it to the Columbus crew guy right in front of him. Yeah. So it's Nogby right in front of him. And I think it's the young guy McFadden, right. Uh, who ultimately scores the goal. I think that's him winning the, the ball off of Guzan. Now, one thing that they said here, which I sort of vehemently disagree, they were like, look, you know, nobody's marked up or whatever. And I'm like, of course they're not marked up. We had the ball, right? You shouldn't be mar anybody who's marking up when your team has the ball, right. you know, I mean, I mean, in the midfield, like I'm not talking about in the back and getting it organized, right. but if you're in the midfield, you're supposed to be getting open, right? Yeah. That's how you get the ball up the field. Right. So, you know, and it, you know, I would almost argue this where, where they've frozen this clip. So Guzan has kicked it up for those yeah. of you on the podcast has kicked it up the field. Right. Um, yeah. And it should have been up the line on the instead of more central yeah. where it's being intercepted. So, right. The, the goal scorer, the really young kid, and I'm forgetting his name, um, is, is winning the ball, right? Aiden Morris, right? Um, and what I would say is, you know, in many ways, we look perfect, right? Sosa has gotten out far enough that he's sort of ready to adjust for any catastrophes, right? 
Um, so when they win the ball, he, you know, they have two arrows pointed. There's two free guys. But that's what happens when you give up the ball badly out of the back, right? There's going to be an option, you know, open initially. And he's in a great spot because no matter where he plays this yeah, he ball. Can at least put pressure on one of them. Yeah, so he can put pressure on one of them. So now let's go to the next window. So they were complaining that Sosa didn't really close it down. Uh, I would agree with that a little bit and that he could have probably closed it down more. But I think the reason why he stayed at home a little bit in the middle there is he's trying, if he closes it like desperately, Nagami is just going to play square right in behind him to the other guy who was open. Yeah. Right. And, so, and, and I also felt like as this progresses, Lennon should have come out and closed faster in the next I don't I haven't seen the frames, but I felt like Lennon could have been able to pressure a little bit faster as, as he's in the back left here. Well, so they that's what they've drawn the arrow to. So right. Okay. So Nagri is gonna draw, he's gonna take the space, he's gonna draw defenders, and in fact he ends up drawing sort of three Atlanta United defenders. Yeah. And that's not so great, but okay, it's Abara, it's Sosa, and it's Araujo there. Three they're closing him down. They're not gonna let him run. But so Lennon is playing left back here because they've switched, right? Goodman he, and Lennon. Lennon's not even in the He's frame. He's off now. the frame. Right. And, and what they're going to show you is that there's a Columbus player running, you know, wide open on the wide side and go down to the next clip because I think this is what illustrates it right yeah. here. So Nagri's played out wide. And in the beginning of this clip, Lennon was actually kind of wide. So he has like run and tucked in yeah. why exactly that's what i why? was that's what i was screaming during the game I, and, and that's before we even got here i don't know why there is this much room between what was obviously going to go outside right like there wasn't really any danger in the middle in that previous clip no nope. it was always out to the right with the two guys here on on an overload and yet lennon gave this guy that much cushion that's outlined in the blue. So and that's, Lennon is, that's what is, I was screaming no. about. I just didn't. So get Lennon it. on this picture, for those of you on the listen to the podcast, he's actually even with the, 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 the inside the 18. So there's a whole wide part, wide of the 18 yard box. And the Columbus player has a ball and Lennon is basically even with the outside of the 18 yard box. So he's lined up with that and he's a good, I don't know, it's definitely over 10 yards. It's probably closer to 15, 15 yeah. away from him. And he's pinched in. Now notice when he's pinched in, he's not actually marking the guy in the middle because they have two guys forward. We have three guys back, yeah. right? Um, he's not helping over there, right? So if for some reason you are going to come in, if you make a decision to come in for some reason, it should be because there's an emergency and there's a guy you need to mark. He hasn't done that. And that yeah. has been my objection the whole time. Not only are our outside backs constantly pinched in under Pineda, but they don't come in and help. They never win the ball there. They never try to make yeah. a play on the ball. They just come in for no reason and then have to scramble back yeah. out. So as the guy correctly pointed out yeah. from the Dirty South here, once you're scrambling out here, you're in big trouble. Yeah. But look, I mean, Sosa's able to get back as an extra man with no nobody really needing a mark, right? Sosa's fine there. Sosa's because... fine there. You've got Nagby, who's just right right there with Ibarra marking him. And now you've got Lennon, who's just, for whatever reason, let that much of a gap. And that's exactly what I was texting you. I was like, why didn't Lennon close that space faster? 
And to your point, it seems to be instructed that they continue to pinch in yeah. instead of lessening Yeah, I that. think it's not about closing that space faster. It's never going in to begin with. Yeah, right, right. He needs to stay out wide there. You know, multiple times this season when we've given up a goal, we've given up the ball on, in this case, it was a pass from the middle from Nagby. A couple other times it's been a 30-yard switch. If somebody plays a 30 or 40-yard diagonal ball right in the air, when that ball gets trapped, you better be close enough. If that guy makes a bad touch, you can win it, right? If you are giving that guy the space in an MLS game, right, or any professional league where he can collect it and have all the thoughts he wants, then what are you going to do? So is that Wiley that's also getting back there that's in the, where the yellow line's pointing? That's Araujo. That's Ar- why. So why is he now all of a sudden on the natural side? So what did they do? Like a full flank switch or something that was there was by a design. Swi- I don't know. There was a switch going on. That is Araujo there, uh, and I don't really know why. So um, we've got two. We have two people trying to defend on their, at least not how we start ninety percent of the time. Hmm. That seems very strange huh. to me. And And we've been covering it too. So that's typically been Wiley there, right? But but they have oftentimes, which is also nuts to me, we have a number of times seen that, that, let's say it's Goodman and Wiley, who's it normally is, right? We've seen Goodman inside, right? Covering nobody. And Wiley being asked to track that guy behind him. And I'm like, if my left back ain't covering anybody, I do not want my attacking. It's, It's a front three. Wiley's playing in a front three, or Araujo in this case is playing in a front three. That doesn't look like where I want my front three playing. Yeah. He's only what ten yards outside our own eighteen-yard box, yeah. right? So right. This- so I want him, you know, in that gap right there. But I want him like going the other way in that gap, right? I don't know. So what what happens here? So this guy cuts into the yep, top to corner, the top corner of the eighteen. Yeah, he goes. He basically gets a chance to completely run at Lennon, and we know. And Lennon didn't move in all of that time because he's still <laughs> in the exact same spot in this frame. Right. I mean, everybody knows that Lennon is not a great one-on-one defender, and if you let a guy run at you, you're in big trouble. Now, you know the other thing that you'll notice about this. So normally, I would have said, okay, if that's the case, and we've switched it away, and you're running at him, right? The guy, if Lennon gets beat, the guy who's supposed to be helping him would be Parata. But Parata's way, way over, right? And again, again, one of the reasons for that is because, so if Parata was over, then Noah Cobb should be a little bit over. And look at Goodman's doing on this play, right? Goodman's in the very far corner. He's covering nobody, right? Why? Right. So I would have said Parata should be much closer in case Lennon gets beat. Lennon should have been all the way out there where he was not letting him get 10 yards to run at him. Right. He should have gotten him while he was collecting that ball. If Lennon was all over him, he could have easily turned, forced him to just go backwards and then they're fine. Right. But he didn't do that. The moment he collected that ball and saw that Lennon was 15 yards off of him, of course, he's going to run at him. Right. When you're a defender, you do not want someone running at you. And you definitely don't want to have someone running at you with no help. Yeah. He's got no help there. He's on an island. And he's not a great defender to begin with. Yeah. You know, maybe if that's Miles Robinson, we could, you know, get away with yeah. it. 
right? Because right? he's that good, but. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like the, the back three could be shifted over. Mm -hmm. And uh, right, yeah. I mean, you look at this. Lennon is completely exposed. He can go outside and go inside. There's just acres of space. And you can almost see Sosa here seems to understand this because Sosa's yeah. scrambling to get back. Why is he scrambling to get back? To release Parata so he can come help, right? <laughs> right. Sosa's doing everything right here. I know Sosa's going to get blamed for this entire yeah. game, but in this play <laughs> and and in this column, they they trash Sosa on this play, and I don't right. agree. I, I think Sosa's done everything right on this play. Yeah. He, Maybe he could have closed that one in midfield a little bit more, but I think if he closed it, they would have played right to the open player on the other side, and now they're running yeah. at you through the straight straight through the middle. All right, so now I don't know what's going on here. I don't. Where's the ball? He's still at the Columbus feet. He's about oh, okay. to cross it. So. Lennon is just going on his heels, mm -hmm. trying to absorb the pressure. Yo, what is he doing? He made a move. The Columbus guy kind of shifted it back, and he totally uh, beat Lennon. That's why it. Lennon looks like yeah. he's I was like, you're not flat foot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. But to be honest, with all of that going on, you know, right? I mean, you know, he should have been out there closing because, you know, his, the reason why he was so central is, you know, supposedly to help. But if you look in the middle right now, we're one, two, three, four, five versus two in the middle. Did he need to help? Mm. We got a three-player advantage in that middle, right? So keep going down. So he crosses it. And you notice, I mean, again, is Parata sensing the danger here? No, right? He's just backed up right outside yeah. our six-yard box with nobody there. The only one who sensed the danger is Sosa, who's actually covered the guy. So Parata should never – so what happened with Parata is he's ball-watched here, right? And he's gone too far, yeah. right? Because his guy is a, is sort of stopped at the top of the 18, and he should have stopped closer to him so that when the cross comes, he could close it down, but he hasn't. So Sosa has gone to try to close down yeah. that middle guy. But I give I give a little bit of uh, empathy to Prats because earlier on there was just acres of space behind Lennon that he should have gotten. Yeah. Over, uh, he should have been over he there. He should have been over there yeah, faster, exactly. right? That's where uh -huh. it was. That's where the problem. That's was. That's where I would have been. That's where the problem was two seconds earlier. Yep. Yeah. And then unfortunately, Sosa. You know, I to me actually Sosa looked rusty. Right. He looked like his his understanding of the game where he was going was amazing. As usual, the thing that he looked is he looked a little off, you know, a little rusty. He hasn't played in so yeah. long, yeah. right? He hasn't had a preseason, and he looked a little bit like that. And I think this is a play normally that Sosa makes easily and clears it, but he was a little rusty, a little bit lungy, and that's why he just got a deflection on it. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair to him, it was a wicked deflection, and it just lands right on. Um, but again, if you watch Gutman here, Right. This is classic Atlanta United. Right. So Gutman's in a really good position to mark his guy. Right. But is he? No. Wiley has now showed back up right in that yeah. back corner. And because he's being asked to track him behind Gutman. Why? I want Wiley Staying 15 out. yards out there yeah. so that when we win it, counterattack, let's go. Right. I don't understand why you would ask Wiley as your one of your front three to be chasing back to help Gutman with one guy there. I mean, if it's one thing, if he's got overloaded or something. All right. And then it's a wicked deflection. He leans in and 
I oh, mean, that was that he headed it in. I he headed it in. Yeah, if he, if sure. if Sosa doesn't deflect that, he never scores because it yeah. slowed everything up and it popped the ball up. Yeah. Yeah. So you know yeah. that's unlucky. And, and I remember being like, okay, we, we should have prevented that goal, but it wasn't the worst goal that we've ever. Done. But if you, Mikey Dobbs or Carmen, if you now look at this play and you say, what was the biggest problem? What's the biggest problem you saw? I think the fullbacks again pinching in too much. And again, that's what I said with Lennon. I was like, why is there that much space? Why didn't somebody close that down faster? Yep. The whole thing would have been mitigated. And then yep. they would have probably ended up like recycling the ball backwards. Okay, but, so but yet we gave that 15 yards and he was able to easily put Lennon on his heels because he just drove at him. Whether he goes inside or outside, I mean, the world's his oyster. So all last season we talked about that being a problem. We have not fixed it. Mm. Right? Yeah, we really haven't fixed it. What was the other problem that we talked about all last season? Well, about again, fullbacks bombing up at the same time. Yes, and who is asked to cover in those scenarios? Well, it's usually Sosa. somebody in the midfield, like Sosa. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's Ibarra. just keep going on the article. Go to go oh, go to back. go to we're number back. two. Oh, right, no. because it's just a perfect segue. My bad. Right, those okay. are the things you know. I I swear to you, dear podcast listeners, I haven't set them up for this. This is just reality, right? <laughs> this is the second goal, right? So. Here in the second goal, we've seen a still, right? Columbus has uh, taken possession of the ball. And um, what's happened here, okay? So the guy who's circled down on the left is their front player, right? Yeah. And can yeah. you identify where Lennon is on this? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can. He's there. I, I'm saying I can't. Is this him? Yep. Up okay. By the half line. So Lennon is the fullback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where'd who go? Where'd who go? So Lennon is a good so is 25 any, yards up the field. Is there anybody in his place right now, though? Like, no. So here? so what? So, so, so there's no one covering 19 right now. No, nobody's covering 19. So one of the things that's interesting, right? So in this unbalanced system, all season, Lennon has been asked to bomb down the right side. And what's normally been asked to happen is Miles Robinson goes over, Parata plays center, and the left back is the left back, right? So I can't uh, – this is actually after Goodman is gone, right? So now Wiley's playing left back, and that's, <laughs> that's a disaster in his own right. Uh, but anyway, so nobody gave the memo to Noah Cobb. Right. Because if you watch Noah Cobb here, right. So Noah Cobb's supposed to be marking in behind Lennon or at least. So I thought that was the tactic, uh -huh. right? Because Miles Robinson has been doing that brilliantly. And that's why we haven't been caught. We've had three back and we've had a guy over there. Right. Noah Cobb hasn't got the memo there because he's supposed to be on 19 in this system. And Parata's supposed to be on that guy in the middle. And Wiley's supposed to be back with him. That's supposed to be one, two, three across the back. Does it look like one, two, three across sure the back? Sure doesn't. It doesn't. No, work. it looks like our classic last year, two in the back. Okay, so go to the next. So once he plays over there, oh my God. right? Okay, now, who would you think would be responsible for covering that guy who is now in acres of space down the left side? Well, now it sure looks like Sosa's the one who's going to be able to get there the fastest they've asked sosa to cover it again from the center midfield yeah. so in this article they were critiquing sosa for being slow getting out there yet all for the last eight months all i've been saying is keep your fullbacks back keep lennon 
back and it solves everything. Not only that, who the F asked your defensive center midfield to cover in at right back? Because as we've talked about it many, many times, let's say Sosa does perform a miracle, get back there, win the ball, and he now tries to play in the middle. Sosa's going to be trying to play, say it with me, too. Sosa. Right? Where is our center <laughs> midfielder now? Is all the way at right back. So when you win the ball, there's nowhere to go. Oh, there's a Marcetic who's our attacking guy, right? <laughs> right? He's a, he's the attacking center midfielder, right? In the scenario. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, okay. So keep going down. Now look at look at what Sosa does. So Noah Cobb could have gone over there. He doesn't. Right? Sosa comes over there. Keep going one more. One more. Right. I mean, Sosa is the only guy who closes it down, but he can't get anywhere close to that. Right? right. And how is he possibly if you're a center midfielder, how are you possibly supposed to get to the outside left winger? Right. Yeah. I mean, that is an impossible ask. It right. Really is. And so now in this article, they talked about how terrible it is that Noah Cobb and Parata and Wiley get beat on this cross. How? long did he have to pick out the guy he wanted yeah i mean he could have freaking stopped asked you if you wanted some tea right (laughs) poured a little bit of tea sat down stood back up and still had time to cross that ball Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean have you ever seen a player more open what if let's just say lennon was playing fullback (gasps) then he never you know what would have happened if lennon was playing fullback they never would have played that ball to begin with. Because yeah, if you go yeah. back to the first go to the first picture, right? I mean, this is just a aimless ball over the top. Right? One more. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is not like some special ball. He's under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and he, and he obviously gets it deep and wide too, right? He's it's- just like, oh, wait a second. I don't care if I'm being pressured. And, and whoever it is is pressuring him. I think it's Ibarra. Yeah. Right? This is where... You know, people are like, oh, a bar is not doing a good job pressuring him. You cannot pressure a guy when he has that guy wide open to play outside because right. he can be under as much pressure as he wants. He doesn't have to make a good ball. He just pumps it out there. Right. And, oh, voila, we're out of the pressure. You love that as a midfielder. You've taken your look. You know where to just put yeah. it in a space because nobody's back there because yeah. Lennon has. It wasn't a, wasn't a perfect Almada peach ball. Just, no. Just get it out there. <laughs> yeah. Just dumped it over the top. Exactly. Right? I mean, anybody – could have made that ball because yeah. you had like a 20 yard you know either side if you miss hit it to, exactly. to make that ball right yep all right so now obviously if you go to last you know frame on that you know people are going to criticize that that wiley gets beat and and you know again i do agree here so if you look at this so wiley is trying to mark instead of trying to win the ball this is a classic thing when you have an attacking player who never was taught to defend when they get in their own penalty area they're just like oh coach told me to mark when you have a really good defender you realize like look in the penalty area marking means nothing right i mean because it's the beginning you start with a mark but you've got to get to the ball first because you yeah. could be so marked up. If they get a foot on the ball, it's a goal. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And that's a classic thing he's doing. He's marking the guy. He's pretty tight to him. Right. But he still scores. And it scores because nobody has ever taught him that you win that play by actually getting there first. Yeah. Yeah. Just like yeah. corner kick. All right. So what else, Dave? Anything else you want to call out on this? No, I was right. just going to say. So. 
on that play in this article, they were critiquing Sosa as the problem. Do you think that was Sosa's problem? No, it was not Sosa's problem. It no. Was the fact that our fullback isn't back, Dave. Well, not only that, but in the new system that's supposed to be lopsided, right? Nobody, you know, so it, you would think, right? We can see it, right? That in the beginning of this season, right? The entire formation has been Gutman stays a little bit more at home. Lennon still gets his free pass. We've been talking about that. Why do we have it? It's so like, you know, non thought out. But anyway, that's the, that's the system, right? And Miles Robinson has clearly known that because he's been covering him behind yeah. Lennon the entire time, right? So if the team were talking about that, right, that when Wiley had to go to left back and Noah Cobb had to come in, which was all yeah, forced. He didn't get the memo. No, but they clearly didn't know that, right? So either it's not a tactic and Miles Robinson is just bailing out Pineda or it's a tactic that they haven't talked about as a whole team. He's only talked to. It's scary. That's, to, that's really scary. And I believe that that might be the case that all that Pineda is like pressure intensity. That's all that matters. I assumed that Pineda, Did we practice with intensity this week. Do you think Dave? <laughs> I ass- enough intensity, Dave. <laughs> Enough intensity. <laughs> so I assumed that Pineda said to the team that okay, last year we got caught with too much in the back. So this year, what we're going to do is Lennon, you can still bomb down the side, but Goodman, I want you staying more at home. So we'll have three at the back and you shift over a little bit. And that's our team tactic. And everybody would know that because you want, even though your midfielders are not part of that, you want them to know that, right? Because otherwise, you know, if they don't know that, then they're like, Oh, you know, maybe I'm supposed to cover in there. I presumed that that was going on, but maybe not. You know, I don't think he's talking to the defenders at all, is my theory. (laughs) I think he's worried about like the press. You don't think that. So so you think that all of this is random is random. So so if that's true, then that means two things. One, Gutman is solving the problem because Gutman has realized it's a problem and is staying back. And And Robinson has solved the problem because he's realized that he has to cover in behind him. And they've both just said. F this, Lennon's causing all the problem. We're going to just solve it. I don't think there's as much of an explicit directive that we are concluding around the balance of our fullbacks on who goes, who stays. I have a hard time believing that that happened all just naturally. But, I, you know, you could be right. It's pop- we don't Miles, know. Miles may come back and been like, look, I've been watching y'all for a year. Which Let's- I'm just saying it's <laughs> absolutely frightening if that be the case. But it wouldn't surprise me, given all of the comments you hear from Pineda and it really being about the press as like his big thing. Right. And I think he's focused further up the field. And again, to your point, the press is not about the people further up the field. It's actually about having people back that can make that a reality. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the middle then. Right. So the other thing that was really being picked on again Everybody, I think Sosa, everybody, including Pineda, is probably going to blame Sosa, right? Because, you know, we got people said we got overrun in the middle and they said, well, our middle was amazing, right? When it was Ibarra and Josetu and um, Sadich, 
right? And now suddenly we have Ibarra and Sosa and Sadich, and we got overrun. I don't think that that is so. People's conclusion is that Sosa is the odd man out, and that they were supposed to be playing a double pivot, right? We talked about the double pivot last year, right? With two defensive midfielders and one goes forward, whatever. Um, I don't know, of course, what Pineda said to them about it. It didn't look to me like they were playing a double pivot at all. It looked to me like Sosa was the defensive midfielder, which is what I would have done, and Ibarra's yeah. playing in front of him. One thing I just noticed a lot about Ibarra, Ibarra is really good at – he works his butt off, and he constantly goes and shuts down things. He doesn't have his head on the swivel. He doesn't recognize things. He doesn't read it that well. So I find that Sosa reading behind him – with Abara as sort of an attack dog role is the right yeah. one. And so I would have thought this worked, but there's two problems or maybe three. First of all, Sosa looked a little rusty, you know, in terms, he hasn't played in a long time. Yeah. So give him that. But the, I think the much, much bigger problem was a Sadich. And that's what I first want to talk about. Right. So Sadich was thrust into the attacking midfield role. And so his job is to be available and to link attack right? Which is obviously what Tiago Almada has been doing all year, right? And I think the thing that I learned the most about from the team is that Sadik ain't worth nothing. And now in this article, they were talking about how he got pulled out of his normal role, which is normally to be such a great defender and closing down the space. Are they watching the same game? <laughs> no. no. Well, first off, we know he's not an attacking midfielder. Um, yeah, I don't think he's an attacking yeah. midfielder or a defensive midfielder. If, if there's someone out there that says Sadik gets stuck in, yeah. which is the definition of a good defensive cent center midfielder, yeah, let's come have some coffee because I want to hear the story. He did. Oh. He did intercept one ball that caused the gold we, earlier this year, we and saw we it. all remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we were so we were like, wait a second, Sadik's <laughs> being a tackle. So, Dave, let, yep. I don't even know if we need to get into the rest of the game. You do you, but I <laughs> I want to know like what your thoughts are on whether it's formation or philosophy on going on the road mm. to Columbus. We we predicted what we thought Pineda would have as the starting lineup. It was exactly correct, which means Pineda is predictable, right? Yep. Um, he thought his system was working and he tried to stick with it. Right. And that's why I went with that lineup because right. that's what I thought he would do. Now, it was always going to be hard, right? It's, it is crappy on an international break. We're missing seven players. Three starters are really important. And that but does, they were missing, they were missing their, two, their center back and their two best yeah, attackers. Celerayon and somebody else. The two, is, only two guys on yeah. their team who can score, and they scored <laughs> six goals. Correct. So, exactly. The, the, it was pretty much even at the, in, yeah, at the end fair. of the day. Yep. Um, regardless, we're still on the road. We are missing our attacking formula. So that is fair. Right? We've got Ara Uja yep. and we got Wiley who are able to put teams in the back foot, but we didn't necessarily have the recipe to make them succeed. Right. So a ton of pressure on those players to be a really our only attack. Clearly Miguel Berry is not, a guy who can take the game on his shoulders but and score earlier in the season, you'll recall that Pineda went with Barry over um, Brennan or Papa G Papa Giorgio because 
Papa Giorgio was ready and mm-hmm. and he went with Barry. And now he did change that the next game. Right. right? He finally decided to start him. But his so first you're decision Pineda was, was slow to yeah. <laughs> to a conclusion. Is that what you're saying? Pineda was slow to a conclusion. Just like slow to like maybe what I'm trying to get to in this conversation, Dave, yep. is what should have been our starting lineup? What yep. should have been the philosophy, regardless of formation, of how you go on the road to win against the Columbus crew? Uh, with a team that is not set up with an Almada to transition out of the back, a George Yakimakis to press the line, a Miles Robinson to be an absolute staple in the back. What are you doing on the road to tell this team, hey, it definitely don't lose 6-1, but let's see if we can snatch and grab a win here. Well, you know, the ironic part about it is that I would have said what we've said all along. I don't I don't have a, such a problem with the lineup. I just have a problem with when Noah Cobb is in there as a new guy, right? Right. That if there's ever going to be a moment to say, all right, Lennon, you can't just bomb forward for no reason. That was the moment, right? Yeah. Because you would say, if you had an excuse to make, you would be like, you got a 18-year-old center back who's never started an MLS game. Right. He's going to need help. So, so so what you're saying is one of two things happened. Either Lennon didn't follow instruction or the instruction was never given. The instruction was never given because I mean, honestly, there is no instruction. Well, so if if he gave that instruction and Lennon did what he did, then he should be absolutely benched for like two or three games, because that means that the coach has no control whatsoever. Mm -hmm. If if he made that instruction and they, and he played that way, because he didn't change it. It wasn't given. So I don't think it was given. Um, my question is, how do you set your 18-year-old um, center, new center back up with no help in an MLS game on his debut, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, you almost would have argued, you know, some, and some people said, you know, maybe we should have played five in the back yeah. and give him an even extra guy. But mm-hmm. um, Which it was, again... I would have maybe gone that way. I would have gone a little more conservative on the road with what I saw on paper. But to your point, as long as, as long as the four in the back are instructed to stay back, especially with Noah Cobb as a rookie back there, I'm okay with that too, but why not play defensive posture period? So here's, here's my insight. And this is something that to be honest with you sort of occurred to me for the first time watching this game, I actually think that the bigger problem for Pineda is not necessarily his tactics per se. I mean, I think there's some issues there. I think the bigger problem, and you guys, I want you to weigh in on this, is I think that he is a really poor talent evaluator. And what I mean by that is... He doesn't think Barry, like what we're watching, is way worse than Papa Giorgio. He doesn't think that Almada, as an attacking midfielder, is way much better than Sadich. He does think that. Give him some. Well, yeah, but he thinks that Sadich could play that role for a game. right? He doesn't think that Noah Cobb is that much worse than Miles Robinson that he really needs protection. Right? So his... Staying with the exact same tactics, I think that the that it suggests that he kind of feels like they're 
I'm not, I'm not saying that he thinks that Sadich is as good as Almada, but that they are like-for-like like replacements, and you can kind of get away with it. Whereas we're looking at it, mm-hmm. and we're like, you're never going to score if you bring Barry in yeah. for for Papa Giorgio. It's like orders of magnitude lower. And we're thinking that when you bring in Noah Cobb, right, that yeah. that is compared to Miles Robinson, right. you're going from the best defender in the league to a 18-year-old rookie who no matter how good yeah. he is, is like. Mean, my, first and foremost, like with Miguel Barry, like should have been on the bench. I would have much rather seen uh, – Era Ujo is a false nine and bring in Wolf from the get-go. Yep. Especially if you, you know, he was your first, right. first. And sub. that's my thing is I think he thinks Barry is okay. We watch him he's Barry insane. and we're like, he's awful. He's he, awful. He can't think that Barry's. He I think can't. he does. And I, when I was thinking about this, this, well, you this said formation. He, you said I, I was blaming Barry on uh boca negra but you were telling me that he was actually scouted by pineda that's what i heard but i don't uh, know yeah uh, that's what you heard yeah that that's a little frightening sadly that kind of makes sense because pineda said has said multiple times that he really likes his height and that's one of the things he really wanted a tall center forward which Mm. i'm like has his height helped us at all has he even gone for a header No, I don't Not think once. so. Not, Not once. once. He doesn't go in the box and fight for that. He, I think he thinks of himself as, you know, a Spanish style tiki taka kind of player or whatever. Mm. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to play that way. Right, right. I've never, I've seen nothing in his game that no, suggests that. I've seen nothing in his game, period. But <laughs> I, I, getting back to your question, whether it's yeah. tactics or his evaluation of talent, I yep. feel like he trusts his tactics like dis- despite the ta- like he he thinks his tactics can overcome the talent thing so he's like i'm not going to pay attention that's kind of what dave is saying yeah. right so well, like, i'm going a step further you know for example this whole unbalanced system right is obviously designed to get lennon free right and i think it's because i truly think it's because pineda thinks that lennon is probably one of the top two players on the team Oh Lord. And it's, it's, I mean, there's no offense to Lennon. He's a decent player, he is. but, but he's not. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's not. He's I mean, not he's, a special player. He's, he's not a, a he's good not, player. He's a good player. He's not a special player. No. And I think yeah. so this whole, you know, we've been saying, why would you design this, this, this crazy system? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause he thinks that Lennon is super good down the side. And he thinks that Goodman is no good yeah. going forward. Whereas if you watched last year, okay, maybe maybe Carmen, you can look us up for us. How many goals did Gutman score versus how many goals did Lennon score last year? It was something like on the order of five to two or five to one. Yeah. Like so the numbers are telling you that Gutman is much better going forward. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he is designing the system but for Lennon going forward. We, neither one of them need to go forward, Dave. Well, they can go forward occasionally, sure. and they both would be really great. But w- we would be way better off if they just stayed back. Yeah, but I think so. If you evaluated it as we have two good outside backs who can attack some, but neither of them are so special going forward that we have to design, neither of them are Trent Arnold Alexander. Right. Right, that we have to design something to get him free because he's right. so you know uh, you know dangerous in that situation, right? So I think you know the more I think about it, the Rios Novo call, 
right? Staying with him too long, right? The designing the system for Lennon last year with Castaneros, right? You know, instead of uh, instead of Joseph, right? At, yeah. at times, right? Moreno, Cis Cisneros. Cisneros, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, Moreno last year sitting on the bench all the time. Yeah, he does not see it. I think that he doesn't know talent. And so his tactics are designed for what he thinks is the talent. And we, you know how we keep saying that, you know, the t you know, last year, how many times did we say, all right, obviously our best things yeah. are Araujo, Almada, Moreno, Martinez, right? Mama. Mama. Right. But, but also not maybe a, he didn't think that at all ever. I think it's a combination of maybe mm -hmm. he's a bad assessment of talent, but I think he also overweights to practice and intensity and that's all and not seeing the talent as well yeah. like, at the end of the day like look i know that that guy may not be the most intense guy at practice but if he's twice as good as the other guy you better play him uh interesting and you know again if it's in this season he's doing it again right yeah. you know he has shown absolutely zero urgency about bringing in sosa whereas all three of us are watching and we think you know, if we had said, okay, give me one player for your team, Sadich, Ibarra, one out of four, Sadich, Ibarra, Josetu, or Sosa, who would you take? Say that again. If you had Sosa, Ibarra, Josetu, or Sadich, one of those four you could pick to have on your team. Oh, you know I'm picking Sosa all day long. Yes, and who would you pick? Sosa. No, say it. No, no, I will say though, I Ibarra is a strong Ibarra's done really well, but 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 I think that if you ask Pineda that same question, Sosa's number four, Sosa's number four, and so we were thinking maybe it's because he got suspended and he's gonna, right. gonna bring him in slowly. I right. don't think so, I think he doesn't think Sosa's good at all. And I think he thinks Josetu, who he played over and over and over as a defensive midfielder last year, I think he thinks he was good defensively and that he's really good as a player. And when we saw it, we were like, Josetu did not much of anything. He slid back last year in terms of talent. Yeah. But how? Yeah, but That's my question. So, but how? So I'm very high on Ibarra and Sosa. Yeah. Um, Ibarra and Sosa. Josetu, I still feel like he's. I, I would. Yeah, he's get, got talent. He's got talent. I'd like to see if he can get back on a run. Are you. Everybody knows how I feel about a Marcetic. Um, <laughs> shouldn't be playing in the MLS period. Uh, <laughs> and can't certainly can't attack. Right. Can't defend. Right. He's um, a luxury player. We've talked about he, it. Like <laughs> he's decent and not and not decent. He's really good at finding the open guy. Yeah. Right. But he never plays penetrating balls. It was never, ever going to be an attacking replacement for Almada. Right. And he doesn't ever defend. Yeah. So he is a luxury player. So in a bind, when we have all our talent and you plug a Marcetic in like, to, like the Portland game, he can look okay because he's just moving the ball on. Yeah. To just other talent. giving it to Almada every yeah. time he was amazing. Last game. Yeah. People were like, Oh, he was so good. Yeah. He just gave it to Almada. Yeah, just oh, yeah. There was one time when he was wide open to run with 30 yards. He stopped no, and gave it to yeah. Almada. Right. Oh, and I, I ain't mad at him. Yeah. But don't, yeah, don't lose right. it and play it to a more talented yeah, player. So, That's you know, he's smart enough to do that. Yeah. Right. Um,
And he wears that wristband thing and kills me, by the way. I'm sorry. I don't know what <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about right uh, now. There's certain things that just push me over the edge. I Carmen. love it. I love it. like so one much. of those, you it's know, Beyond Borg. The way that he the way that he walk the way that he walks off the ball, everything everything he does. Oh my me, goodness. He doesn't me. make runs. He never makes runs. No. He stands around yeah. all the He's time. Like, he, you know, he, he turns he, his he, hips like this. Hey, hey. You know what I would love to see? You know, I, I, you know, the Dirty South guys are not listening, but if they were, what I would say is give me a, a diagram, you know, for the advanced analytics of just a, a diagram of where Almada was on the field, right, in the last game. Right. And compare that to where Sadich was on the field in this game. Ground covered, where they and where they took up places on the field. And you're going to see a little space for Sadich and it's enormous. Yeah room for almada almada moves yeah everywhere you don't even notice it because he's constantly moving off the ball and he just pops up in a new space and that changes everything right and so in this game you got pineda who's just saying let's just keep going with what we're doing and marcetta can play that role the diagram is not going to show that right and i don't think so i think you know he thinks that sadich is a poor man's you know almada and he's not at all Right. He's not only not a good, not as good a player, but he's not even the kind of player. Right. right? I would have said perhaps you could maybe argue Josetu is a poor man's Almada. He likes to move a little bit. He'll make a run that's off the even, ball or that's whatever. Even a stretch. I, I think mean, that's a stretch, on. but it's way more than Sedich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're talking about nobody is an Almada. Totally different classes of players. Oh, of course. So. But, but that's what I'm saying. So if you are a coach and you realize this, that look, we lost this level of player and we only got this, then you would have to change something. Cause you're like, it ain't going to work. Yeah, but if you think that we have a guy who's not as good, but is a capable replacement, then you don't do anything. Interesting. So, okay. So, I see what you're saying. So y'all you'll watch the, the wheels fall off in this game, right? I mean, what do you at least do as a coach to not keep this from being embarrassing a six to one loss? Is that really like, how do you let that happen? Well, you know, I mean, um, I didn't see any sort of effort to organize no bunker you, down. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, certainly didn't see like, all right, if you're going to lose then at least let's, let's try to score. If you're not winning, you're losing, right? Like, let's go ahead and try to score. There was no offensive threat. And yet we know. And Lennon didn't change his game one iota, no. even after they gave up the goal coming out of second half, he was still bombing down, which is what led to a goal. Yeah. right yeah. but you you're like dude uh we're getting killed here aren't you gonna go back and help no no yeah. no appreciation of that and and to be fair i'm not sure you would expect a player to do that but a coach should be screaming about it yeah you would think you would right? think so i i well, maybe this is a hot take i don't know elliot says said it's still better than was that too yeah i don't i mean you know i I would have said that both of them have not been good. Um, Who's better? I would have said, you know, they're different, a little bit different, but neither of them have been looked really good. So I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I I don't, I don't have a strong opinion. Like both of them don't advance the ball forward. Mm. Both of them can hold the ball and play a safe ball. Very ticky tacky type of, I find them very similar. Um, I would say that if, Ozetu is coached differently to he's got more s- skills 
than Amar Sedek to be able to take his game to the next level. Uh, but that that expiration date for Josetu is running out quickly. <laughs> yes. So I yeah I mean, uh, which is unfortunate because I mean the guy had the captain ban halfway the se- through the season. He was making passes at at some point last year that were pe- penetrating lines and doing things that were more offensive. I've never seen that from a Marcetic. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would say, like in terms of uh, upside and potential, Huzetu is way better. But in the current environment, yeah, I think they're roughly, you know, the same. Okay. There was one more player that I forgot to mention that, that, that I think also indicates this total lack of evaluating players, uh, Ronald Hernandez. So he thinks... Hernandez. Ronald Hernandez is awful. Yeah. And the Venezuela coach continues to call him up for the national team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think he, he never plays. Right. And yet he's still getting full called up for a South American international. Right. right. He's starting for Venezuela. So one of the coaches, they have a different view. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's one thing to say, all right, Lennon beat him out or whatever. But I mean, even if you saw the preseason. Ah, I know why. Lennon has more intensity. (laughs) I mean, I get this. Coaches are tricked by that. They are. Coaches are tricked by the, like, you know. Not not good ones. Not good ones. (laughs) True. I mean, you want intensity, of course, but but you also have to have different things, you know. Having a a team of 11 intense players and nobody who can read the game is is not going to get you anywhere. If having 11 players who can read the game and nobody plays intensely is not going to get you anywhere. You need different attributes for different players in different moments. You have to have a balance. Yeah. Right. Um, And, you know, so Ronald Hernandez in the preseason, right? I mean, he's a freaking full Venezuelan international still to this day. And he played Pineda. He played everybody, occasionally didn't have room for whatever. He brought a couple of the starters off the first half. And then Hernandez every time went on with the 18-year-olds in the second half. Mm. That's what he thinks of Ronald Hernandez. He thinks he's so awful that he's not even deserving of being, you know, in the in the squad. Why do we have him on the squad then? Because because the, 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 it's, it, you and the front I, office thinks differently. For two years, you and I have said that he should be the right back and not Lennon. That's how little right. we think of Lennon, even though we think Lennon's pretty good. We think Ronald Hernandez is better here on the show. And this is just, again, well, Dave and I, just on the eye check, right? I, I, I already know fully what Lennon is. Like I, I, I know everything that guy's got in his repertoire. I will say I haven't seen enough of Hernandez to fully know, like, can he defend? Absolutely. Can he get up? Like, I don't know. But at this point, I'm willing willing to take a look. What I would say is even if you feel like Lennon is the better player, you'd still have to say Hernandez is a better defender. Right. And so there have to be moments like, for example, I mean, in this game, he didn't have a choice because Hernandez was on international duty, but like on the road in a crucial, whatever game, there might be a moment you'd be like, I'm either going to play Hernandez instead of Lennon or play Hernandez and move Lennon up the field as an attacking player. Right. To get a little bit more right. defensive. Right. That's yeah. what he was doing at the end of last year, wasn't he? Wasn't Lennon playing? There were the... some moments because of injuries. He had Hernandez occasionally play and Lennon was playing yeah. in front of him. But like, that was when it was like, OK, when Gutman got injured, yeah. you know, drop Wiley back to play the other left back. 
have Arias go on the left, Lennon be the right forward, and then bring in Ronald Hernandez. Yeah, but he couldn't. That's what I was saying. He was on international. He was okay. So that's my problem. He was, you know, so we don't really know whether he would have done that. But I get the feeling that he would not have done that. Right. Even with Ronald Hernandez been on the bench, because I think he doesn't evaluate him as a as a worthy MLS player. And how you know. I don't know if we're watching something very different, but it suddenly occurred to me that that the part of the problem is not just the tactics. Part of the problem is I think he fundamentally thinks very, very differently of the players. And I was thinking about it about how last year we were like, do you do you want Lennon open in space or do you want Araujo? And I think he would add, answer Lennon. Which to me is mind blowing. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember seeing a couple of the plays in the game would be Portland when Araujo can just blaze people on the outside. Oh, yes. Oh, God. You wouldn't, I mean, you're never going to see that from Lennon. No. Never never going to go by anybody. I mean that's the whole that's the whole point of that position. Yeah, and as we it's the whole point about, of that position. Araujo can whip in across every bit yeah. as good as Lennon, right? Yeah. So well, from the left he can. Yeah, from the left he can. Yeah, can't do it with his right foot. But right Lennon can't do it from the left either. True. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So yeah, I, again, put put Araujo on the left. Yeah, I agree with that. But but th- th- this is what I'm saying. So like when I was talking about, I don't understand why the tactics are not designed to maximize what we clearly everybody can see we should be doing. I don't think I think the tactics were designed to optimize other things because that's what he thought we should be doing. I don't disagree with your theory <laughs> there on him. Certainly, you know, just- we might be wrong in a few examples, but I do think he has different optics on the talent level of certain players on the roster. Yeah. Because yeah. when, you know, I mean that the ultimate example of this was last year with Rios Nova, right? No. We could see in, in the first game that he was not an MLS goalkeeper, no way, no how, whatever. Yeah. Right. And eventually I think Pineda realized that eventually, <laughs> eventually when the long, season was over. Yeah. After yeah. he gave up a number of easy game winning goals. Yeah. That's like an E I feel like with a goalkeeper, that's almost like an easy evaluation. Yeah. Keep Look, the ball out. When, net. When, like when, when you're five, six and, and you're, <laughs> you're coming out to like halfway on your line and people are almost like shooting it from midfield just because you're that a, that dumb as a, as a short goalkeeper to be pressing that far up. Yeah. Like get back in goal and pray that you're going to be able to be use, quick, be quick. Cause <laughs> that's about it. But I mean, I, I mean, I get cats. You might, you're, I mean, you must be right, because just thinking about the conversations we have had over the course of the last year plus, it has been Pineda doesn't like this person. We've said that, but honestly, it's Pineda evaluates this dude's talent to be less than inner whoever he's putting in the game. And it might be just because what you were saying is that he can see the talent, whatever, he's like, but that guy's more intense and he's earned it more or something. Absolutely. It's, It's some balance of seeing the talent and then how they practice. Because, you know, maybe if it was Gio Reyna, he would never start for this team either. Ever for Pineda. Yeah. Be like, never going to happen. Not intense enough. So. Blargity. I don't really, I mean, there's not much else I want to say about the 6-1 loss. The good news is, Dave, is we can just say, okay, wipe it under the rug. We've got our starters back. Can the talent band-aid the mistakes? Uh 
I, well, yeah, because the moment you bring Miles Robinson back, he clearly has sensed that, okay, my job is to fill in behind, yeah. <laughs> behind Lennon. But a couple of injuries here and there, this team's going to be in trouble. Well, so. I said this, you know, like I felt like, you know, I was giving Pineda a ton of credit. I said, look, you know, he solved, or at least he realized that one of the problems was the two in the back and we have to have three in the back. And he said, Goodman, you stay back. Lennon, you can still go forward. I think it's a crazy solution. Uh, but at least, you know, it's, uh, it, it realizes what the main problem is. We have to have three in the back yeah. at, at all times. Um, but there's a part of me that, you know, I was talking about this and I feel like that, you know, I was like, I'm not absolutely sure he did that because he realized that that was the problem. Like you get the feeling like maybe it was like, it wasn't as overt as that. And if, if, if he doesn't realize that that's the problem, Right. Then I said, you know, a, you're an injury away from blowing it or you're right on the edge. Right. Um, but it also means that in moments, you don't, if you don't know that that's a problem and you haven't really realized it and solved it, then when you bring in a Noah Cobb and are now asking him to do what miles Robinson does, which is cover out behind the right back and then come back. You don't realize that that's a problem that Noah Cobb in your first MLS game is never going to be able to play center back and fill out for Lennon and come back and fill out and whatever. And you could see it on that play. Yeah. Noah Cobb had no intention of going out there, right? right? Cause yeah. that he's, he's 18 years old. He never yeah, he, was, he was marking his guy, never turned his hips, even sense the danger. No, right. not at all. So I think, you know, or even in critical moments, you know, you would realize, you know, we're one nothing on the road and we have to maintain the lead. And he would say, okay, we've done this. We've sacrificed this, you know, to get Lennon forward for attack. And I understand that makes us weaker behind. So now we would change it in the last 10 minutes. But if you don't really realize that that's a problem, you don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. So we are playing New York Red Bulls uh, this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We've never beaten the New York Red Bulls. Am I wrong on that? Or never ever, or at, just at their place? Never or ever. Them, I don't ever, think we've ever, ever, ever beaten really? them at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. By the way, uh, Carmen, were you able to figure out what the goals were for Gutman and... I think it was for Gutman, two for Lennon last year. Okay. So I don't you know, think we've ever beaten New York Rebels at home. Neither. I was just, just want to point this out. So not huge, but again, just statistically speaking, you would say the better attacking player is Goodman. If you were going to design a system yeah. for a guy going forward, you'd say Goodman. Now, obviously, what was the assist numbers? Do you know? Oh, um, away from it. Let's see. Because um, I think that that um, Lennon probably had more assists, although that's a classic MLS assist. They're not real. Oh, there we go. Lennon six. Gutman one. Yeah, so that's probably it. Like he's like, oh yeah, he scores or whatever, but more assists. But those assists, as we all know, are, are such BS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are MLS assists right yeah. there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep no, going. I I am worried that we got bad juju with New York Red Bulls. Never beaten them. That is bad. I don't think we've ever beaten them. Yeah. Not only have we ever not beaten them at home, ever, I don't ever, know. Ever? I don't know that we've ever beaten them. All right, let's see. Um, what we got? It says we will beat them once. According to the interweb, Atlanta United and the New York Red Bulls played, I don't know what today is, but 14 games yeah. up to today. Atlanta has won one. one. Okay. Just one. One at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wait, what? Okay, let's see. Ten. I don't know what that means. One at Mercedes-Benz away. New York Red Bulls won nine. I don't understand all this. 
But we have not beaten them a lot. Let's just okay. go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Not good. Yeah. So what what's your prediction against New York Red Bulls? They are a kind of in your face type of team, right? That's all I would really be able to say. Well, about they're the, the king of the press, but they've lost another head coach and and where yeah. where are they in the table? Yeah, terrible start. Let us the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, they're still playing on that awful field. No, that's New York no, City that, FC. That, oh, that's the other that's, one. Okay, that's the other one. No, the the Red, Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena, but this is here anyway. It's at Mercedes oh, Benz okay. on Saturday. Right. Yeah, I'm so, going to my first game. Very <laughs> nice. excited. Uh, so excited. You, you got to scroll a long way down the uh -oh. table to find the Red Bull. Yeah. Scroll. Why is it not moving? Two fingers on the mouse pad. Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't like can't me. Be done. Uh, can't be done. Oh, well. Can't be done. Okay. <laughs> what the heck? Let's see. Arrow, maybe? No. I broke it. Sorry, guys. Hit reload. Refresh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I'm hopeful we're going to win the game because I'm there. I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Please, soccer gods, be kind to Mikey Dobbs on his season debut at the Bench. But no, I really, I really do think we'll win because we're at home. Uh, I do think that the talent that we will have can overcome a lot of a lot of mistakes that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, if we can score some goals, I think you know the floodgates will open if uh, you know Yakimakis keeps pressing. That's one of the things that's my biggest optimism with George Yakimakis is he's bringing that pressing the line. He's he is keeping that pressure up front, which I mean we clearly didn't have in the Columbus game. The only remit for Barry was just to put pressure on the goalie to play it a certain direction, which he did the first fifteen minutes. But there was zero capability for us to score uh, under. I'm going to bail you out, Carmen. Thank you. New York I Red Bulls, eleventh place. Their record is one win, three draws, and one loss. Okay. A lot of draws: six goals, four and four against. Their eleventh out of fifteen. We have dropped to third, based on our shellacking. Okay. <laughs> so we should win. Is what we we're should saying. win. We should. We're, we're playing a bad team at home with all of our talent back. Almada scored a great goal. Oh, oh let's yes. talk about that. Yes. that <laughs> so, great. yeah, Messi took a free kick that was very similar to an Almada free kick. It was, yeah. Hit the top left corner, came bouncing off, hit another Argentinian player, and then it just landed in Almada's lap yeah. about three yeah. feet, you. three feet in front of goal, and he just rips it into the side netting. So yeah. clever enough to put it in the back of the yeah. net. But that's all about being there. All you right, know. so you're predicting a win. You have a score. Uh, yeah, I think we win three to one. Let's see. Maybe, um, maybe three to two, three to one or three to two. Um, cause our defense still is shaky. Yeah. I'm going to go two one. I think we'll win two one, but I'm going to stick with three to one, three to one. I'm going to say we lose. Oh, okay. I feel like I feel like the beginning, you know, as much as I want it to be real and as much as I think that it was caused by him actually yeah. finally getting it right with three in the back, it's that it's 
it's not quite the, there. And with the international break, maybe they've kind of forgotten a little bit <laughs> about it. <laughs> Sosa's clearly going right back to the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts Barry over Yakamaki. That would shut up. If that happens, wait, that's the wrong line. Somebody should put a straight. You're just saying that for clickbait. <laughs> that can never happen. Like, no, hold on. Let's pause. Like, you, like, you really can't be serious about that. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, but like, on what planet would? I mean, seriously. Like, I if if he doesn't start then I probably, I might walk out of the stadium and protest <laughs> like that. It would be ridiculous. Okay. Dave. What like, about this? What about this? I don't think you can. Oh, sorry. I'm just spinning. So what about mind. Barry shows intensity and we need to give Yakamakis a, a rest from no, his international it, duties. The, did he go to Greece? I think he did. He went somewhere. I think he went all the way. I'm just saying to Europe. And I think he comes back and <laughs> Barry starts. I feel like it. every time we said, there's no way this can happen. Guess what yeah. happened? So you're saying he gets a break because he's tired from being on an airplane. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, we're all saying we wouldn't. Well, it depends. You know, like a actually, twenty year old's too tired from being on an airplane to play a soccer game. Well, what I one thing I would have said is that like, so it's one thing if if you had a guy who was training with the team and he was basically just as good, you might say, All right, look, you know, we'll give him, he won't start, you know, the other guy. And then we'll bring him on for 30 minutes. And I think Pineda might do that. The problem is Barry is like so far below Yakamaki's that I don't see it that way. He could have gone to Siberia on back, you know, on, on bicycle and I would still start. <laughs> no, I, I, I seriously, like I will come on if, if uh -oh. George Yakimakis does not come oh, on. I feel big words coming to start. I will be, cause we've, I've yet to say the Pineda out thing. That has not come out of my mouth yet. <laughs> that will be out of my mouth immediately. Uh, and I'll be protesting that on this podcast because uh, that's insanity. Just Barry or anybody else? Barry's it, the only one. No, right? if, if, if it has to be George Yakimaki is yeah. healthy and doesn't start because he could come on and score three goals in the first half and then fine, put in Barry uh -huh. and then give him a rest, get the three points and let's move on. So what if Barry starts, Yakamakis comes on in the 60th minute, and Yakamakis comes off the bench to score two goals, and they come back to win two to one? I'll still be pissed. <laughs> He's already left the stadium. I mean, he wouldn't even I, see I, it. I might have already. I, I really might leave the stadium. <laughs> I really want to know how I'm going to react if that happens 30 minutes before this game starts. This I'm is where I'm getting at, though. I, I think that I think that Pineda, you know, I think he thinks that that Papa George is a better player, but I don't think he thinks there's that much of a difference. I think, <laughs> I think you're going a little too far. <laughs> I don't think Pineda might be a bad assessment of talent when it comes to like a Sosa versus Josetu versus a Sadik. Okay. But I, I think you're pushing it when you say like right. Sadik versus Almada or Barry versus Yakamakis. I, I mean, come on, give the guy some credit. I don't think he's that <laughs> stupid. I, I I am a critic of Pineda. I don't think he's that stupid. I don't know. On, we shall see. I if, if I see the starting lineup with Barry in it, I am going. I I'm going to laugh my ass off. That's yeah. all I got to say. I'm going to enjoy every second of that. Just can imagine you know? my just imagine me and my expressions in the game. I'm going to be. Can you please, if 
very starts, I need you to film yourself as you either yeah, find out, it, walk it. out of the stadium, yeah. react, something. I need it on video. Yeah, and you're going to need that on video. <laughs> Doug, Doug T is going to be there with a bunch of girls, like young oh, yeah. girls, and I don't want to be young top. Uncle Mike losing my brain. Yeah. I, I did tell him Uh-oh. to bring some earmuffs for the girls. <laughs> you know earmuffs, girls. Uh, so wait, did you give your prediction for score? I know you said we lose. So we lose, but what? I'm going to say two, two to one. Two to one. Right, that feels right. All right, Elliot says Atlanta win two one. So he agrees okay. with me. All right, all right. That's where we are. I'm saying three to one. I'm always good opti- for you. I'm always optimistic. Yeah, good for you. Then I get upset because <laughs> so stupid to be optimistic. Because it's a, funny I'm because a, we've never person. been. You and Carmen have always been together. You've called it the same, and I've always been the opposite. Yeah, but we, you know, neither of us have gotten it right all the time. You guys yeah. have been. Yeah, right it's been a mixed yeah. bag. It's been a mixed bag. Um, so yeah. uh, I have a couple more things I wanted us, to talk about. Hit us with the things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first of all, um, so Noah Cobb looked out of his depth. Um, I thought that one preseason game, he looked pretty good. The first preseason game, uh, when he came on, oh, I guess, was that against Chattanooga maybe? Um, yeah, sounds right. Um, but ever since then, I think he's been awful. And um, people are saying he's the next thing and whatever. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to write him off. Whatever, he's 18 years old, his first game ever. No problem. But he didn't strike me as a guy who did a lot of special things, read the game or anything. Okay. Um, I didn't know whether you had a thought on him from that match. Well, I... I, I am not going to judge him on a 6-1 sure. loss. That Neither is, am I. Is, I don't want people, don't tweet at us saying yeah. this because I'm not judging on that. I'm just like, uh, yeah. I, mean, I hope that's just, you know, the first game jitters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just it. I, I think I'm going to have to watch him in a different setting with, with uh, a better moment to succeed. And that's, that's, you know, unfortunate part about having lack of depth in that game is you had to put players like that. You know, I wouldn't, you know, you don't want to start a player like that to have their first experience in MLS be a 6-1 loss. That's not good. No. Not only to your point, like he didn't step up and do some, something special, Dave. He has to live with the fact that his first big debut oh. was a 6-1 loss as a defender. He let in six goals. That's his remit, right? Yeah. So he's got it. So that's also, to me an issue with coaching too. Like you never see that in the EPL, right? Like you don't put a guy who's supposed to be like your next up and coming kid in a situation where they would ever lose six, one, like you rarely ever see that in the EPL, right? Like coaches are very careful with young players not to get scarred. Right. And that's a scar dude. Right. Am I, am I wrong? on I don't know. You're definitely not wrong. I agree with you. Yeah. And Elliot, I think earlier in the chat said like, Noah Cobb was fed to the wolves. He was fed to the wolves. (laughs) Yeah. But he shouldn't have been, right? Because he should have had two defensive midfielders protecting him, and he should have had a right back sitting next to him, and then it would have been okay. There's no right back sitting next to him. Number 19 is out there going, hey, lob it over here. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So that's observation number one. Are you ready for observation number two? Two. Do it. I'm gonna put Mikey Dobbs on the spot because I have no idea. So there was a play Wiley 
was so offside and they didn't call it and they were went to VAR. This is in the second half, right? Mm. Um, and I was like, is there not a computer doing this? Like, do we really know exactly what's going on with VAR and MLS? I mean, everybody has said that it's it, it's the exact same thing as the Premier League, and it's yeah. – but it doesn't seem to be. Do we really know what's going on, or do we need to investigate that? No, no one knows what's going on. At least <laughs> – at least the at least the ML at least EPL right like puts up the lines yeah and you can see why yeah. why they I made, mean we made saw this decision. earlier when when Papa Georgia scored the game winner yeah which should have been onside right and right. you know VAR no, didn't no lines that. there's no transparency right. it's it's awful um I God I I just so wish the technology from Qatar could be distributed to every major league in soccer because. Carmen, I, can you just quickly I, call up what MLS VAR offside policy is? I oh thought boy. the camera thing in Qatar was flawless, man. That was great. It, I mean, how much could that possibly cost to install? With how cheap well, that's what are. I thought we were sort of going to get in MLS, and that's not right. what we're getting. And MLS is trying to be the highest standard. It's no transparency. Um, and you know, and I was talking to somebody about this uh, during the game too. It was the win uh, against the Timbers, but you know, I, I always get upset when the linesmen throw the flag as well. Like, yeah. just keep the flag down. Why? Well, what's the point right. of ever, ever putting your flag up? Because ultimately, there's just so much going on. The guy that you thought was offside, you may have been looking at somebody else. <laughs> right. there, there's so many parts to the equation that a human can miss in being like, Oh, the guy right in front of you was clearly 25 yards offside. So I'm going to throw the flag. But when it got lobbed over, the other guy ran through who wasn't offside. Yeah. Like that's why you keep the flag down. And I have no idea why they're ever instructed to raise the flag other than the whole injury thing, right? Where it's like goalkeepers yeah. coming out. Right. But at this point, it's a moot point. Just keep the flag down. You feel like That's the linesmen are going the way of the dodo. They are. They're going to be replaced. You know, just like in tennis, the guy calling the, yeah. uh, the service going. Because I think you see that enough now. That's just a part of soccer now mm -hmm. that they're going to let the game run. And if an injury happens in that 10 seconds, it's just the way that, unfortunately, you have to keep playing to the, the whistle blows. Okay. So, anyway, I think Mikey Dobbs – Maybe our homework is just to do a little digging into exactly how they're doing that. Cause I just don't get it. There've been a couple of times where I was like, well, bar, bar's well, they sure it. as hell don't let the, the consumer know. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I don't know like what the, it is now in 2023, but in 2021, mm -hmm. they were saying the configuration of cameras within our stadiums doesn't really lend itself at the moment to implementation of the offside lines. So for offside calls, VAR is used to give the referee replays and a chance to review, but lines are not drawn on the field. See, I think that's what's going on. That's what was my impression is that VAR is, is helping out with offside, but there's no computer making a call. Crazy. I, I kind of feel like that's still you going that's on still in MLS. On? There's not a computer. Because Which is, it should be like, you know, in the, in the Premier League, nobody argues anymore because, like, the computer's not right. right. Exactly. That's what Mikey Daz has been saying forever. Like, okay. And it, exactly. You should never implement anything. And they did it in Qatar till 
when you go back and look at the camera, like, yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then what happens as a, as a person, like it might piss you off that it's offside, but you realize this is the rule and I'm wrong. It's either in or it's out. It's either on or offsides <laughs> or not. It's yep. very simple. Yep. And, and I, you know, I used to argue with Mikey Dodd. Suck the emotion. I was like, it. I want the spirit of the game. And he's I like, do. F no. And and I and I, I I have to admit I lost that argument. Really? Yeah. I still kind of want the mistakes every once in a while. Oh, That's like part of the mistakes, game. I want to be time, like, don't, are, y'all for, are y'all forwards? That's my thing. No, As no, a forward, you do you? I mean, to have like. To, there's plenty oh. of other shit that the referee can mess up. Don't worry <sighs> I, about it. The uh, ball being in or out, it being a goal or not goal or on or offside. Let's just solve those. And then let's argue about what a handball is. Cause we'll never we'll figure never that get out. That. We'll, we'll never, never get figure that. out. Like I, like I don't <laughs> think anybody, like as long as we live, we'll never solve what a handball is. Never. And that's okay. So we can always argue about what a handball is. I so don't let's know. just get the other stuff right. I'm just saying, as a forward, you time your run so nicely, and just because your kneecap is an inch offside, off, it's ugh. you didn't time it well enough. I can tell neither one of y'all are forwards. I, yeah, I play forwards a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I most that. of Dave, Dave and I's uh, time together, I'm more yeah, of a I'm poacher. Played, okay, played all like right. He was the guy who was always offside. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right. That's why then. I appreciate Yakimaki's pushing the line. Yeah, I stand right. corrected. All right. I got one more thing. Okay. So I don't know if you all read the article. There was an article at the in the Athletic. There was an interview with Garth Lagerway, oh. the general manager, about his. I think I read some quotes from this, but you have to jog my memory. I I was a little taken aback by it. So he said, he, obviously, he's famous for being really into analytics, right? But yeah. Um, he says he's risk adverse and he said that he, he basically said that he's not really in favor of taking risks on young South American talent. And he's looking to bring in designated players who are much more in their prime, even if they're not from South America. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like it. I agree. <laughs> I, that was quick. Done with that. <laughs> I, I love the excitement. Yeah. I love the excitement of what we've built with bringing in young talent. What he said. This is what I mean. It's what I live for. Like the 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 bust of PT Martinez or the success of of Almada. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems to be fifty fifty so far. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. keep cranking like the best ever transfer ever of Tiago Almada. 50 million plus, which is what I think he's worth to go to some other club that the other clubs are like, Oh, where did he come from? Carmen? Who are we talking about? Uh, Tiago Amada. When he's playing Dallas. for some, some oh. team in Europe, they're going to be like Atlanta United. United. You go over there and be like, yeah. where your Tiago Amada. That's like, right. like yeah. when I was That's... wearing my Al Marone yes. at Newcastle yeah. versus Arsenal last year. And that is yeah. what makes Atlanta United. Atlanta United. Like, United global, like, oh, it does global make brand. it a global brand. Okay. Devil's advocate. Yep. That very devil's advocate. Okay. I actually agree with you guys. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> at some point, I think it was even when I like when I was a guest on this show, we talked mm-hmm. about kind of with the Almarones and the PT Martinez's. Are we looking at kind of the one and dones like in college yeah. basketball, yeah. where we're oh. getting people who aren't really? I mean, they're going to be connected to Atlanta United, like 
um, or at least we'd connect them to Atlanta United, but mm -hmm. they're kind of here for a split second. They, and then they're off. I think one of our DPs should always be that. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say this. So, so, so I, you know, if anybody you is a religious listener of the podcast, you'll be like, wait a second. Dave was calling for this year. He said, we need a proven goal scorer who is not 19. I said, I didn't want the 19 year old next Almada to join our team. Now oh. I wanted a guy maybe even from Europe who had proven scoring in a decent league who they got, they got Papa Giorgio. That's exactly the guy kind of guy I was looking for. And I, and I think that that as a second moment, when you've got Almada and you're trying to push over on to, you know, get to the final thing, a, a really, you know, really terrific veteran defender or a second attacker or whatever. But I agree with you. One of those designated spots should always go to the risky South American 19 yeah. year old. Let's find <laughs> out. I love it. I mean, cause that's our thing. Yeah, it's our thing. I love it. Yeah, I agree. So that, that really gave me be, be, concern because also I think there's going to be a fourth designated player coming next year. Mm. Lagerway says it's too risky. He wants, he's like, we need to win all the time and you don't win all the time. If you do that, hmm. I'm like, but you, you get that extra edge. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I would kind of take winning, like being that flash team one out of every four years, playing yeah. some exciting yeah. soccer, bringing home a championship, mm -hmm. maybe having have a couple. A, bad I have years. a guy that was in the world cup champion team. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. All right. If you're listening, Gareth, <laughs> yeah, ATL on fire. Disagree, Leo. So, just to round things out here, moving away from Atlanta United, Dave. Okay. We were on a Wait, international. Things other than Atlanta. United. We were on an international break. <laughs> did you watch any of the U.S. men's national team? I did. Games? Did you? Yeah, I did. I watched the Grenada game. I didn't watch the Venezuelan or El Salvador game. Mm. I watched some of the highlights. Mm. Uh, which it looks like I picked. I actually watched much more of the El Salvador game. Grenada, I was like, oh, this is done in two seconds. Right. They're so yeah. terrible. Right. It's a tiny island. tiny island. You know we invaded there once. Did we? U.S. They never saw it coming. Yeah. Under <laughs> under Reagan, we invaded them. And it, and they were like, <laughs> they're like, Grenada has put up, a because apparently like, they had taken some like some there's a there's a US medical school or something down there. Yeah. Yes. And I know they had taken it, they had taken a like, I don't know, they were threatening or taking some people like hostage or something. So we invaded and they were like, Oh, they put up a threat. And they went to like the the, the tape and there was like there was a guy on the beach with a handgun. And we were raiding like the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy was like he took one look at the you know the the 1500 people we were unloading <laughs> he hightailed and ran hey, i'm out. out of here that was their defense of the yeah. country oh, that America. reminds me of like an old S snl skit saturday night live yeah. there used to be this uh skit called jack handy i don't know if you remember it oh, yeah. and it was oh. like i can imagine a world world <laughs> peaceful where everyone is an army and i can imagine us attacking that world <laughs> Because they'd never see it coming. Never see it coming. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Grenada. Yeah, so we invaded there once, and uh, we won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> apparently, the 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 war lasted like mm, seven to nine Seconds. minutes. Like <laughs> down the beach, put up a good fight. Yeah. So, and they didn't put up much more of a resistance in the yeah. game either. Um, yeah. So, yeah, any like any 
highlights that you out of both games that you would call out? Uh, yes, 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 and yes. Miles Robinson back a hundred percent. He was fantastic. I mean, he didn't play the first game; he played yeah. the second game. But um, wow! I mean, he looks like nothing happened. Good, right? That's awesome. That's the way to end this podcast, right yeah. there. I don't that that actually was the thing that most stuck out to me. I think there were some issues. Okay. I think we weren't that great. Blah blah blah. But Miles Robinson was absolutely terrific just dominating people like the way he was Yay. last year like any ball played around him he was like thank you very much i'll take it and el salvador's you know yeah. not a terrible They're team not a terrible team um he was just like i mean there were a couple times where there was a guy maybe there was one play they pointed it out on the replay and maybe this is how we should end so the el salvador plays the ball over the top the guy is i don't know at least five six yards offside Right. But of course, the, the, the linesman doesn't throw the flag because he's, you know, holding on for, I think, for Barr. I think we have Barr in that game. And um, Miles Robinson, he knows he's six, seven yards outside, whatever. He puts up his hand, turns around, and still catches the guy and makes the tackle. And then he looks over at the linesman, and the linesman was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he still made the play, um, and the ref and the line and the commentary was like, you know, I think he just called the offside, waited for him to be five yards outside, and still got back to make the play. He's like that guy was going. He was like that was pretty amazing, nice, and it was, oh, it absolutely happy. was the acceleration. You were just like, yeah. is the guy even running? Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That makes me so happy. Yeah. So, do you know what I didn't prepare tonight, Dave? Wow. Is ATL on fire trivia. Okay. But I do have a random oh. piece of trivia. It has nothing to do with soccer. I can throw one back at you. Oh, trivia. Where, where, where is the origin of the microwave? <laughs> what? The microwave. The technology to I, heat up stuff yeah. to eat your food. You're right. The origin of yeah. the microwave. Okay. Yeah. It has you, to be like developed for like the space shuttle or something. Do you think it was developed for the? That's exactly right. So, was it developed for? <laughs> of course, you would get that. <laughs> was it developed by college students that were trying to figure out fast ways to heat up food? Okay. Was it Facebook? De- was it developed by NASA to figure out ways to heat food in space? Or was it developed by scientists in England who were trying to figure out how to warm up hamsters more ethically? <gasps> What's the answer? <laughs> it's gotta oh. be number three. That's a cool the one. The fact you just made up war you say warming up hamsters. Warm up hamsters. Yeah. Ethically. I'm going with that. I, <laughs> Screw if what you I came said up before. with that, but just out of like <laughs> Yeah. I have this to go with that too. Going, Is that what you guys are doing? I'm gonna go with yeah. that. You guys are correct. <laughs> 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 so I think this you know, Dave, with what you do, because <laughs> Not that we need to highlight it, right? But there's Uh-oh. some there's some small uh, gerbils or whatever that might <laughs> be sacrificed for the good of humanity. The greater good. Uh-huh. The greater good. So uh-huh. in the fi- in save the, my later in the fifties, uh, I don't know if you know, is James Lovelock or Lovelace, uh, a British scientist. Uh, they were trying to figure out how to freeze uh, hamsters, right, and then bring them back to life. To because there's a lot of, of benefits for like. <laughs> Blood, blood and tissues yeah, yeah. being preserved, right? So right. that like, you know, blood right now can only be stored for like three weeks, right? So they're trying to figure this out in the fifties. How do you freeze something and then bring it back? There's to some life. crazy stuff what? with stroke or whatever. When people are having stroke and they come in and they just like 
cool them down instantly like really really cold and okay. it like really slows down a lot of the problems and gives them time all kinds of things it slows yeah. down the whole inflammation the whole response and it gives them time to do certain things yeah. there's some like version of that it's so, really cool so evidently they're doing the experiments in the 50s <laughs> on hamsters right they weren't yeah. that humane they would freeze them and they were through a terrible means warming them back up <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and they actually came back to life like ah! a hamster like it was like success right like after them being basically dead Vinny the hamster cryo freeze right so this guy james lovelock who's like i like it let's take a mag mag magtrometer <laughs> or something so whatever the, the mechanism behind a microwave is mikey dobbs i know where you've been it heats up the hamster you know where more, he's been more humanely through microwaves the Mike, end of the internet the <laughs> end of the internet <laughs> That's right. and so as he's he's developed this on a desktop right he decides to heat up a microwave potato and it made a perfect potato. And, there you like, go. and so maybe that's the origins whoa, of the whoa, microwave. Whoa, whoa, the microwave whoa, whoa, still wait, doesn't wait, make wait, a good wait, potato. Wait, 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 wait. So yeah, he, now it's all alive. Do you know how many we microwave potatoes I've eaten in my life? <laughs> Microwaving potatoes is a genius and you wrap it in a paper Podcast towel. Podcast has gone off the rails. Come on. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna bring it back because I my back. my trivia question is actually about MLS and Lenny oh, that's no fun to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tiago Almada through the first three games scored four goals and had four assists, and so he contributed to eight goals. And there was only one team in the entire MLS who scored more than eight goals in the first three games. St. Louis, a new one. St. Louis. That them? How do you like them apples? You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. This is an easy layout. Uh, is that the guy with the old ball guy that keeps yeah, going? Yeah, <laughs> they keep passing it to him. Yeah. He's too slow to get back on side. And they, got- they realize they're like, there can't be anybody. Else. I'm just gonna turn around and pass it back to the goalie. And they're like, wait a second, they still got a guy back there. I love it. He's done that, I think, twice. I love it. It's makes me so happy. Oh, All right, people, we've reached the end of the internet. The end. If you have a hamster, give him a pet. <laughs> And wait, 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 one more time. Wild Heaven Brewery. Yes. Be sure to drink their beer. Go to the brewery. Their sponsor. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Delicious. We need to have Nick on as our correspondent from the The footy mob. mob. Yeah. All right. And I know I I know we keep saying this is gonna be the end, but I have to give a shout out. The the shirt that Mikey Dobbs has on. I don't know if y'all can see it from there. It is lovely. And can we give a shout out? Get your Kent stuff out of the way. Can we give a shout out to the person who made it? Yeah, my mother-in-law was so nice to take the embroidery, get some shirts. We're gonna get some more made up for the both of you. This was the first prototype and it's very nice. Awesome. Fantastic. So absolutely great. Yeah, maybe we can get some printed out for some fans, do some giveaways, some detail and fire trivia, non hamster related. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening.